Hello everyone and welcome to episode 198 of Level Up Your Career, 60 minutes of live Q&A where your questions drive the show. I'm Shanice Mitchell-Cox and I'm your host today, so I am delighted to welcome and introduce you to the show today. If you are watching on YouTube, you can find out more about what we do over on our channel, so please head over to YouTube and give this video a like and subscribe to find out more. My colleague Ella is online in the chat to welcome you, so please let her know your name and the city you are joining from so we can get to know you today. Ella will post a link into the comments so you can vote up the questions that you would like answered the most, and of course for you to add your own, which you can do throughout the show. If your question is selected, your name will appear in the credits at the end of the show. So get yours in early and stay with us to see that happen. Our topic for today's show is how to become a change leader. The role of a change leader in the transformation process embodies the art of mentorship, the skill of facilitation, and the passion of advocacy to steer teams and stakeholders through the ever evolving landscape of adoption. Change leaders empower individuals to embrace change and help foster the breakdown of organisational barriers. So how do you become a change leader? To help you answer your questions, we've got our expert panel. So let's jump over and meet them. Firstly, joining us on today's panel is Robert Schneider. Robert's 30-year career includes roles as a developer, database administrator, project manager, change manager, and sales enablement. He has earned PMP and Agile certifications. He is currently a solopreneur, formulating and proposing what you should do to combat VUCA and succeed software-centric hybrid methodologies. Thank you for joining us today, Robert. I'm delighted to be here, Shanice, for such a far-reaching, impactful topic. So delighted to be here with my fellow panelists. It's always wonderful to have you on the show. So thanks so much for coming back. And secondly, I am delighted to welcome back Laurie Bowman. Laurie has over 30 years experience in engineering and management roles on complex multidiscipline engineering and construction projects. Laurie is a trainer and advisor on planning, assurance, risk management and control for projects, programs and portfolios. Thank you for joining us today, Laurie. Uh, thank you very much. Really good to be here, Shanice, on what is uh, a wonderful topic. So very much looking forward to today's session. Thank you so much. And our third panellist today is Bev Andrews. Bev is an experienced change management specialist who has devoted the past 20 years of her career to, develop, to delivering business solutions across a broad range of services. It's wonderful to have you here, Bev. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks, Shanice, and welcome to the panellists and to all of our listeners. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get some amazing uh, questions tonight. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming back. And joining us today to share his expert knowledge is returning panellist Mark Rovers. As the president at Interprom, Mark focuses on leadership coaching with his team of consultants working in both the US and Europe. A strong believer in giving back, Mark has set up and facilitated a wide range of professional communities. Welcome back to Level Up, Mark. Thank you, Shanice. Thank you, APMG, for having me. I thought that is going with a, a quote, maybe to set us in the right mindset, uh, was from John Quincy Adams, who once said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. Wonderful quote. I always look forward to your quotes, Mark. So thank you so much. And our next expert panelist for today is Natalia Kalenko. Natalia is a success-driven transformation leader, ERMP, and a business resilient accredited trainer with over 20 years experience of international um, experience within the aerospace, telecom, finance, business, consulting, hospitality, and retail sectors. Welcome to Level Up, Natalia. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Shanice. It's a privilege to share, uh, to be able to share my experience and inspire others to become change leaders 
uh, resilient change leaders because I believe it's the way to go. So happy to share and inspire here. Thank you so much. And it is a pleasure to have you on the show today. And completing our panel today is Jessica Crow. Jessica is an expert in change management and organizational effectiveness. In 2019, she founded Apology, Apogee, sorry, a change management training, coaching and consulting service firm and is the current host of a Change Leader Insight podcast. Jessica has taught, coached, managed and mentored professionals for nearly two decades. It's wonderful to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Shanice. I'm so happy to be here with the rest of the panelists. Thank you to everyone who is tuned in. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, being an effective change leader. So I'm really excited for the conversation today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming today. And finally, we have our question master, who is Adriana Santana and is joining us from the beautiful city of London. How are you today, Adriana? Hi, Shanice. I'm really good. It's been quite unexpected uh, being here as QM today, but I'm really excited. It's always lovely having you as QM. And on that note, shall we take our first question? Of course. So our first question comes from Leo Como. And he wants to know how to distinguish a change leader from other leadership roles. Oh, what a great question, Leon. Thank you so much for being the first one as well. And who would like to answer this today? We shall go to Laurie and then Robert. Uh, Thank you for the uh, great opening question, Leon. This is a a really good place to start. So firstly, they're, they're not entirely separate. But leadership, people can be leaders in all sorts of domains, in sporting fields, in technical fields. You know, it might be, you know, specialist knowledge in a particular area. What's unique about a change leader is that they're really able to focus on those human factors, to be able to empathise with people and help them transition from one state to another state. So it's really that human side that distinguishes change leaders. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Robert, if we could have your insights, please. I'll piggyback on Laurie's two references to empathy and people. If I contrast uh, a conventional role of a change leader, they may have colleagues who focus on process or technology. Uh, You might have a, a sponsor, a project manager, or an enterprise architect, and they're emphasizing other things across the team, across stakeholders. And I think a change leader is going to emphasize more empathy and people readiness um, and minimizing the communication voids across uh, across the, the stakeholder population. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Bev, if you could jump in now. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, my first thoughts, um, and, and it's great to hear from our panelists with our, our diverse um, views. My first thought was very much around um, uh, change leadership is part of everything that we do and, and every role that we take. So when we want to say we want to distinguish the differences, I think we are very much looking at the competencies and the um, the elements of people leadership um, and, and being very conscious that, you know, we're dealing with individuals and, and human emotions and um, a lot of factors that are not necessarily at the surface. So it is very, it is those uh, those very um, um, soft skills, which is I don't like that terminology, but those professional skills where you need to be listening, you need to be engaged, you need to be present, um, you need to be thoughtful and kind, um, and encourage. Encouraging people is very much um, it's very important. But you know, my my belief is that we're all leaders, and um, leading change is something that that leaders do, no matter what format that you might see that in. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Jessica, if you could jump in now. Yeah, I completely agree with Bev. I I like to refer to them as power skills versus soft skills. So um, just kind of piggybacking on what you said, anyone who is in a position to be leading people or projects has the potential to be a change leader. But what sets this role apart is that compassion and empathy that everyone has talked about. And at the same time, I like to think of the role of the change leader. It can be a discrete role. So I think about change management, something you do, change leader is who you are. Now, whether you have 
change management, change leadership as a dedicated role. That's one aspect. But anyone who is leading people in projects um, has that potential to be an effective change leader. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Natalia, if you can finish us off on this question. Yes, thank you. And to add to it, uh, to become an effective change leader in any role, uh, it's also a key to adopt an agile or growth mindset where we don't stick to the traditional way of doing Mm. things, but rather be open-minded, adaptable, agile, and of course, uh, empathetic and, uh, uh, and lead by observing and by uh, by continuously adapting the way of doing. So really avoiding at any cost traditional approach and sticking to what I know best, but rather being curious. So that's so very important. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Ma, if you would like to jump in, that would be fantastic. Yeah, maybe a little bit uh, provocative, but... Um... I wouldn't call myself a leader if I'm not able to be a change leader. Um, I know that's kind of out there. Um, I think any leader, if you are a leader, you know, should, you should be able to help people to get from uh, a now to a new. I mean, Henry Kissinger once said the task of the leader is to get the, his or her people from where they are to where they have not been. Um, I mean, it, there's, there's many of those, uh, you know, wisdoms out there as in, that's just part of what you do as a, as a leader, help people through change. Wonderful. Great perspective there. Thank you so much, Mark. And Adriana, shall we take our next question? Of course, Janice. So we have our first live question, and it comes from Sarbojit. And he wants to know, how do I transform my competency as a change leader? Oh, this is a great question from Sabajit. Thank you so much for entering this. And we will go to Natalia and Jessica first. Thank you. So to transform a competency as a change leader, it's key to adopt a, a purposeful mindset. So really creating a sense of individual self-worth for yourself, but also for, for your for the teams uh, that change le- that the leader uh, is working with, and uh, really continuously identifying opportunities for s- personal development uh, in terms of overall capabilities and skills, uh, both uh, both uh, soft skills, as we say, and, and uh, technical skills that require uh, continuous uh, knowledge and adoption to make that uh, impactful change. So I I believe that would be helpful. Wonderful. That was a great answer. Thank you so much. And Jessica, do you want to jump in? Sure. That was very well said. I agree with that. I think in order to transform your competency, it does start with a self-assessment of what role you're currently in today and then what role you want to be in. And then thinking about what skills do I need to get to that next step? Is it leadership skills? It is those softer power skills. Is it technical skills? Understanding what the requirements are for the work you're going to be taking on and how you can help people through that process. So um, I think it's kind of a two-factor thing. Start with that self-assessment and then figure out where you want to go and what skills you need. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And Laurie, would you like to jump in and provide some answers? Uh, Firstly, I agree with uh, our other panelists wholeheartedly. I guess one element I would add is uh, find yourself a, a mentor, somebody who's already ex- uh, uh, succeeding in this space. For me, my first, I guess, real leap in change management was dealing with a, an organisational psych- psychologist who was an expert. He'd been doing this for a long time. He really helped me transform, gave me a whole lot of different tools and techniques that I could use to be more effective. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, Beth? Um, the thing that came to my mind um, following on from, from some of the comments is um, the self-assessment's a really great start, but gather some feedback from um, from people that you respect and, um, and, and 
um, ask them, you know, what's some of the attributes that you display quite naturally um, so that you've got that benchmark? Because we quite often, when we think about our own skills and capabilities, we're, we're quite hard on ourselves and we don't necessarily recognise what we might have done well. Um, and then we can sort of probe into some of the things around, well, what could I improve on and what could I do differently and, and how can I stretch myself? Um, so I would suggest that as two, two points. And, and then as the third one, think about um, where you are and, and who you've got around you that you think is a great role model from a leadership perspective. And is that the type of skill set um, and the way that they demonstrate leadership that you want to then be able to, um, uh, to grow into? Um, because you want to make sure that as you're transforming your skills and building your skills, that you keep true to, to your natural um, approach and personality and, and language, you, you know, because being a, a change leader is very much about being authentic. So, you know, you don't want to take on others' language if it's not the type of language that you might use in day-to-day -day life. Um, but I think that's, you know, there's some very simple starting points and getting feedback and role modeling or, or observing others that you sort of go like, yeah, I like their style, you know, and I think I could comfortably grow into that type of style myself is, is um, also another starting point. Some great advice. Thank you so much. And Mart, if you would like to jump in and provide some answers. Most certainly. And thank you, Sarbajit. Um, who's a frequent panelist on the show, and I, I'm always thinking he knows the answer, but either way, he's uh, <laughs> also a great giver. So thank you, Shabazi. Uh, building on Beth's answer, it's indeed that um, being authentic comes also with uh, earning that trust. Um, earning trust mm -hmm. leads me to be and become a good coach. Uh, coach, guide people, uh, empower people, encourage them. Um, in other words, be that person, go-to person, or become that go-to person as a change leader. That people, you know, people go through change. They feel uncertain. They feel uneasy. If they know that you're there, uh, the one to guide them, I think that would be a good competency, competency to have. Uh, being a good coach that has earned the trust. Absolutely. There's nothing more uh, relieving than feeling safe when you're going through uncertain times. So great, great advice there, Mark. Thank you. And Robert, if you'd like to jump in. I'll spring off Sabajit's reference to transform. Um, I believe that many projects, many teams fall into a couple different cliches. There's a pattern in the problems when innovation work gets into trouble. And one of the cliches is that lessons learned don't find their way back into the next project. So uh, I believe that to avoid being that cliche, that change leaders, it, it, they can distinguish themselves by uh, through context sensitivity. And there are global frameworks and lessons, and, and those are great. But, but to be hyper attentive to your team, it's recent past, it's recent lessons learned, I think that can really build personal competency as well as organizational competency to avoid falling in and, and being one of the cliches of struggling or mediocre, mediocre projects. Absolutely. That's fantastic advice. Thank you so much. And Jessica, did you want to jump in and add something else? I did. I just, <clears throat> excuse me, had one more thought. And I love what Robert, you just said about doing that reflection and lessons learned and making sure, sure those were incorporated. But Mark brought up being, uh, being someone that you can coach others. And sometimes we need to be coached. So sometimes we need to hire or work with an executive coach, some sort of coach to give us that feedback. And that is a role that is different than a mentor or a boss. And it can be very powerful in taking us from where we are today to where we want to be in the future. So Sometimes getting formal coaching ourselves is a great way to transform our competency as a change leader. Absolutely. That's a great uh, advice there. So thank you so much, panellists. Sabajit, we hope that that's uh, helped you answer your question. And Adriana, can we have our next question, please? Sure, Shanice. So the next question comes from William, and he wants to know, how does organizational culture impact the ability of a leader to drive and implement change? Ooh, what a fantastic question, William. Thank you so much. We'll go to Mark first and then Laurie. I'm going to build off uh, something that the uh, BRM in Business Relationship Management Institute has put forward and focus on a culture of strong collaboration, 
with strong relationships uh, and healthy relationships, mature relationships between uh, people. Because research has shown that uh, organizations where the relationships are strong between people have a much easier job, so to speak, dealing with the amount of change, the rate of change. In other words, um, it could be the secret sauce for many change leaders to um, uh, focus on uh, getting great relationships going in an organization, uh, since that seems to help dealing with a, a lot of changes. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Laurie? Uh, yes, I, I agree. So how does the organizational culture impact? It's it's really the foundation that everything is, is built from, uh, the organizational culture. So certainly um, it's a good place to start if you're looking to implement changes to actually start by exploring and understanding culture itself. So you really want a culture that um, is open, is supportive, um, creates an environment of psychological safety. And if you can combine that psychological safety with accountability, um, you're likely to have a learning organisation, an organisation that can adapt, that can change to, to most situations. Oh, that's powerful. Thank you so much. And Natalia, if you'd like to answer. Yes, sir. Yes, to add to it, so really successful change leaders uh, need to take the time to understand the culture of the organization and its and leverage its strengths and uh, and uh, in the change process always uh, ensure the diversity of thinking uh, on the back, diff, uh, involving different backgrounds, experiences, and knowledge and skills of various contributors and stakeholders of the change, and it also helps a lot to, to maximize the the, the outcome deliver the change expected. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Robert? I think that a culture of two-way accountability makes it easier to drive and implement change. A culture of one-way accountability makes change more difficult. High discipline, culture of high discipline and high empathy makes it easier to drive and implement change. A culture of low discipline, low empathy complicates change. And um, my final plug would be for improvisation skills. I love how improv teaches the phrase, I got your back. Improvisational uh, practitioners will start meetings where they turn toward each other, literally, physically tap each other on the shoulder and say, I got your back. Um, because that's, it's a confrontation with a culture of watch your back that is psychologically unsafe. So I just want to make a plug for improv skills and, and how it's a commitment to each other's success. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And um, let's move on to Jessica. <clears throat> yes, great answers uh, and responses so far. Um, you know, when I think about culture, there's a saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And that's entirely true. You know, you think about an organization will have its goals and objectives, and then each team will have its goals and objectives, which means teams and business functions are often operating in silos. And if the leaders of those business functions, we talked about relationships quite a few times, don't have strong relationships, high trust, high discipline, high empathy, that's where the conflicts and collisions happen and the willingness to support changes that are being driven from the different functions. So in order for change and innovation to happen smoothly and successfully, there has to be strong relationships across teams and an awareness and a respect for the different goals and objectives of each business unit and how it all aligns with the bigger picture. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Bev, do you want to finish us off on this question? Yeah, I was just going to um, talk a little bit more around, um, you know, there's a lot of, of information on what um, sets a really good culture and, uh, you know, an environment for change. Um, but you do need to really ensure you understand how that um how that culture is going to work for or against you. Um, you know, we know that we get better results if we're collaborating and co-designing and, and we're bringing the human element into our work. But some organisational um, environments just don't enable that to happen. And that could be through legacy and history. It could actually be the fact that it's um, quite an old style machine type of um, environment. It could be just, 
you know, just the pace of change and the things that are happening um, right now. Um, or it could be the fact that the organisation is on a journey to try and, and you know, make a, a improve a, and build a, a really new vibrant culture. So as a change leader, you do need to assess where the organisation is. You do need to ask some questions around, well, you know, what you can give us an example of a really good change that's happened here recently and, and why was it good and, 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 and what was the result and what wasn't such a great change that happened here and why and, and what was the result. And I guess it's lessons learned, but it's giving you a sense of how things get done here. You know, what are, what are the, the, the things that you might just have to chip away at? You're not going to get a quick win. Um, and what are some of the things that are just not going to work right now? Because not everybody is going to come into a, a room and, and be very vulnerable and, and open up. Um, so just finding the cadence, the, the balance of where the, the organisation is and, and where it's come from so that you can actually pick the right skills, the right time um, and, and the right cadence to, to start to try and shift and drive some of those changes. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Fantastic answers, panellists. And William, we hope you enjoyed those, those answers. We're just going to jump over to social now and see who's joining us. So we can see that Sabajit is here. Hi, Sabajit. He is a regular uh, Level Up panellist, so it's lovely to see him in the audience. And he's joining us from Singapore today. Um, we've got uh, Niskak, uh, sorry, I'm trying to pronounce that, uh, Nis- Niskak from Hull in the UK. Wonderful to see you here. Thank you for joining. It's lovely to see so many people from around the world joining these shows. And Camilla from London, Wonderful to see you. Um, I think you've joined to uh, a couple of our shows before. So it's nice to see you back in the audience today. Adriana, shall we take our next question? Of course. So our next question comes from Louisa Clark. and She wants to know, how can a change leader measure the success of a change initiative? Oh, fantastic question. Uh, we'll go to Natalia on this, please. Thank you. Uh, I would uh, I would say this through purposeful mindset and elevated energy. What does it mean? So when we begin the change initiative, it's important to create a sense of individual self worth for all those involved in uh, in the change, and to ensure that people uh, understand the the value they bring at all levels of the organizations and through throughout the change. Uh, process, it's very important to maintain that elevated energy and uh, really um, celebrating uh, visible achievements and, and the actual increments. So celebrating successes as well as, uh, I, as well as paying attention to also all the lessons learned to be able to integrate them in necessary in the ongoing change initiative or certainly uh, understand how uh, everybody grows from those uh, from those lessons, and that would would really help uh, um, measure change through those uh, processes and have everybody continue involved through the purposeful mindset. What a fantastic answer! Thank you so much. And Robert, if you could jump in now, I'd like to offer a super structured answer, and I'm going to lean on my favorite change management framework, ADCAR. Measuring the success could be, did I achieve 100% awareness of the initiative among stakeholders? Did I reach 100% desire? Did I reach 100% knowledge, ability, reinforcement? Because I I think a key responsibility of change leaders is to minimize uh, leadership voids and communication uh, you want to minimize communication gaps. So I'll offer that as a super structured answer, leveraging the ADCAR framework. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Bev? Um, I was going to jump in and, and talk as well around some of the tools that um, you can use. And um, I've used ADCAR, and I, but I use many, many tools. And ADCAR is, is one of those to help supplement um, some of the measures. So, you know, we do changes because we're trying to achieve an outcome for the organisation. So it's an increase in sales, more efficiencies, you know, save money, whatever it might be. Um, and we need to make sure that we understand what that might look like once it's actually into the organisation. 
So, you know, what are those hard measures that we need to um, to track along? Um, and then what are those um, more intangible ones, you, you know, which is very much around that engagement piece and, and the um, desire to, to engage? Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're little things that you can do to measure the changes as you're going along, little slido things, um, you know, the feedback elements, the actual making sure that the changes are made um, through the operations, not just um, from goodwill for people. Because when we're all, we're, you know, and I don't want to sound negative here, but when we've got a high level of energy and positive, you know, and, and we're feeling really great about it, how do we actually then, it's very hard to stay high and energised day in, day out when you've got work coming at you and changes coming at you all the time. So, you know, finding little ways that we can just sort of make sure that these little steps that we're taking and that we're measuring for our success and we're achieving, that we don't slip back because it gets too hard some days. So just finding some of those those measures, sorry, those measures that are hard and um, intangible and and uh, just balance them and just keep momentum going at a at a pace that works for everyone. Wonderful, thank you so much, and Jessica. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I like to think about measuring the success of an initiative in two different ways, one being at the individual level, one being at the organization level. Robert brought up ADCAR. Um, I use a methodology or a framework uh, called ART, aware, ready, train. So having those checkpoints of awareness, are stakeholders ready for the change? Are they trained? Are they, do they know how to successfully change? And then I think about at the organization level, you know, adoption is a big piece. So the framework that I use is called super, it's satisfaction, utilization being that adoption piece, proficiency being how um, are they doing, you know, what they need to do correctly. Uh, engagement is E and then R stands for resilience or results. And that gets to the business outcomes that Bev was mentioning. So those are a big piece of, you know, was this successful? The key too is sustainment. Have where stakeholders continued on in the new ways of working and behaving because change that isn't sustained is not valuable to an organization. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. And Ma, if you would like to jump in here. Jumping off of uh, Jess's uh, answer that was uh, talking about uh, training, I'm going to give you a different spin. Um, when you go through organizational change as a person, then you start thinking differently and acting differently. That's what you eventually want to accomplish. Um, what, what I always find fascinating to see is when people that are going through these changes, when they become teachers and help others uh, going through these, uh, these changes. In other words, um, the teaching element is also at the highest level of uh, understanding you know, what the change is all about. And when you see them helping others uh, by teaching them, as in this is uh, you know, what works, what doesn't work, uh, this is what I went through. Uh, in other words, be, be the teacher Becoming teachers is, to me, is a great measure of success. Uh, in other words, uh, this change is now, you know, becoming part of people's uh, way of thinking and acting. Absolutely fantastic! Thank you so much, Mark and um, Laurie. Did you want to jump in for this, or have we answered it all already? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, so I, I certainly feel like my response was really covered, in particular by Jessica. It's really. For me, having those two perspectives, so the original business perspective, the business case, what was the benefit, what was the intended business outcome, measuring from that perspective, as well as the delivery or the change agent perspective, what was the experience for, for the people, the human beings who had to deliver and make the transition themselves at an individual level. Fantastic. Thank you so much for jumping in there. And we have got, we are halfway through the show. So get your questions in now so that we can get you some answers from all of these fantastic experts on the panel today. Adriana, would you provide us next question, please? Sure. Our next question comes from Prem Kumar. And the question is, who exactly is a change leader and why is this role important in organizations? Fantastic question, Prem. Thank you so much. Natalia, we'll go to you first and then Laurie. Thank you. So a change leader is a critical figure in an organization because it allows organizational ability to adapt, grow, thrive, and uh, make progress in a dynamic business environment. And it's an essential role because change leaders 
help manage the human side of change, ensuring that people are engaged, motivated, and equipped to embrace new ways of working and achieve organizational goals. So a skilled change leader, a passionate change leader can really make a a significant difference between a successful change initiative and one that falls short uh, for its objective. So I think the previous uh, ideas we've shared certainly will uh, will help uh, those listening to maximize their impact in their respective roles. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was a great answer. And Laurie, if we could take your answer on this, please. Uh, I, yeah, I completely agree with Natalia. And I would add, it's anybody in an organisation who's a good listener, so anybody who themselves allows themselves to be changed by others, by listening and empathising and, and understanding, but also has a desire to make better, to do things better. So even at that micro level, everybody at, to some level, as a change leader, as much as they're listening and having a desire to do things better. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Jessica, if you could jump in now. Sure. Laura, you took the words out of uh, my mouth in terms of anyone can be a change leader based on the, you know, the, the criteria you just outlined. And at the same time, there is value in having someone or a team of people that are focused on enabling the individuals in the organi- organization, that human side, people side of change. I like to think about a boat will sail without a captain, but the importance of having someone who is a captain sets the tone. They model the responsibilities. They set the objectives. They bring in some of that discipline that Robert mentioned earlier. So yes, anyone and everyone has that potential to be a change leader. But when there is something that is happening in the organization where people need to change their behaviors, it's really important to have a few people, at least one person that is focused on the people side of change. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. And Robert, do you want to jump in? Two terms, trust and relevance. Change leaders help organizations and individuals trust each other and be relevant. Um, Environments that have low trust and low relevance are rudderless, to use Jess's boat analogy. Um, Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Trust, relevance. Wonderful. Thank you so much. They were great answers, panelists. So fantastic. Adriana, should we take the next question? Of course, we have a live question next coming from Joyce. And the question is, what qualifications are essential to being an effective change leader or agent? Fantastic question, Joyce. Thank you so much. And who should we go to next? Who would like to answer? Or have you stopped our panel for today? <laughs> Okay, we'll go to Robert first of all, then Laurie. (laughs) I'll I'll give a a very narrow answer. uh, That's a certification. I'm aware of, uh, and there might be, there probably are multiple certifications. The certification that I'm aware of is called a CCMP, a Certified Change Management Professional. So that's a very academic, very strict answer. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And we'll go to uh, Beth, please. I was um, I was thinking something completely different because I was thinking of like for me the CCMP um, certainly helps you with your leadership, but it um, helps you with understanding a lot around the change. Um, and I was thinking about all the different things I've learned and the courses I might have been on. Um, and I don't know if there's actually been any one in particular. Um, you know, I can think of things like in Australia, we have the frontline manager certification. Um, and that teaches you a lot of the basics from, you know, how to manage and from being able to manage how to actually then um, uh, think uh, conceptually and um you know, provide some of those skills that we've talked about around the consistency and, and things. And um, and then, you know, doing some of those uh, assessments like your, your DISC profiles, um, um, having the opportunities to, to work through development planning. Like I, I just think there's so many different things you can learn no matter what um, course you're doing, whether it's a, a two-hour masterclass in something or, or, you know, your MBA, you're going to learn lots of different things and you're going to find something in everything that you do. So I think it really comes down to where you are in your own 
um, development and the options available to you and where you think that you might want to actually start to build some of those um, those skill, skills and then you might find a qualif- qualification that actually helps you with any of those gaps that you've identified. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And Jessica? Yeah, <clears throat> Bevan and Robert said it um, perfectly. It really depends on the role that you are in and the role that you want to be in. So if Some roles require having a change management certification. So going out and pursuing those, there are are several, um, but some roles, uh, you know, you could be a project manager, you could be a business relationship manager, you could be an operations or strategy. Having a change management certification will serve you because it has that training. But I like what Bev brought in, in terms of understanding yourself and that self-awareness piece through um, assessments that you can take. DISC is one. You know, there's Myers-Briggs, there's a, you know, performance uh, indicator. So there's a lot of different ways to do that self-check. But in terms of the specific qualifications, I really think it depends on the role that you're pursuing and seeing, you know, what does that job description and profile look like? Because not every role is going to require having a change management certification. I would still plug that it's a great, a great thing to learn um, in any leadership uh, role. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And Natalia? Yes, thank you. And I want to emphasize on the key word of this uh, in this question, it's effective change leader. So uh, when mm. t- talking about effective, of course, uh, uh, specific uh, frameworks related to change management are essential to, to, to just to, to have the structure around it, but uh, to add to it, and again, depending on the role, but I think it's an added value overall. A business relationship management professional uh, certification would be uh, highly recommended because again it also provides a lot of uh, valuable um, information on how to build that capability of business relationship management uh, as a change leaders are involved with the team with the various teams with uh, uh, and need to apply a holistic approach to maximize that effectiveness so uh, really those components and uh, and uh, um, capabilities learned throughout this uh, certification really helpful. And also I want to add about resilience. Uh, resilience certification is also an important to prepare, to be prepared for the unknown unknowns uh, and be able to quickly adapt uh, those two, I would recommend. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's a great recommendation as well, by the way. <laughs> uh, Laurie, if you'd like to jump in now. Um, well, I agree with everything that the other panellists have said so far, and I, I would disagree that there's any qualifications that are essential, and, and I would agree with the, the other panellists that it really depends on the role and what your own sort of gaps are and your own capabilities. Certainly for me, I can talk about my experience. For me, I, I did I studied uh, organisational behaviour in an MBA, which I found fascinating, gave me all sorts of models in which to conceptualise things, but it really didn't help me be an effective change leader, what really helped me was say, um, I did a, a master practitioner course on neurolinguistic programming, and it was very experiential. And, and that's the nature of change management. It's, it's got a lot of nuances. It's about understanding people and a lot of the, the subtleties and sensitivities. So for me, from an engineering sort of background, I found, uh, you know, the experiential type courses like neurolinguistic programming um, really transformative for me as a person, but also as a change leader. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And Bev, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I just wanted to sort of um, just add add on as everyone was um, sharing their insights. Um, I think let's not confuse or let's just understand the differences between when we talk about being an effective change leader um, compared to being an effective change manager or practitioner because Leadership is a as a skill that is something you can acquire for no matter what work you're doing. Change management, um, like particularly when you t- start talking about some of the um, like the CCMP and um, other other types of um, programs, is is really around giving you the basis from a change management perspective. But if you were going to seek a qualification so that you've got an understanding of what change leadership looks like and, and what the field of change talks about, as well as how to actually put some of that into practice, then obviously you shouldn't go past the APMG Change Management Foundation and Practitioner course um, because that's, you know, I personally use that one as the basis for, for anyone that I'm talking to for those skills. 
Um, and that um, and and our, our program is then based off of the Change Management Institute's Change Management um, Body of Knowledge, and that's a really good starting point. It's a competency framework, and it gives you all sorts of insights of the types of things that occur around that are wrap around the change management field, and the different competencies that actually um, sit sit within that. And so you can sort of start to break it down. You know, do I actually to be an effective change leader? What are some of these things that I might need? Um, and I like the word that Jessica used about the power um, competencies as opposed to the, the, soft, the soft skills. So um, looking at, you know, what is it that I want to do and then finding the qualification to fit that and do you actually need it or not. If you're going to go into the change management field, then it gives you a lot of credibility if you do have uh, something a little bit more formal behind you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And Jessica, do you want to finish us off on this question? Sure. Yeah. I, Bev's clarification of, of leadership and change management. And if you're going into that field is really important. I do like how Lori brought up that you don't necessarily have to have qualifications. And Natalia mentioned resilience. Sometimes being effective takes time. So it does come through experience and getting feedback from your uh, peers and superiors and the people that are working for you in order to become more effective incorporating that. And that is also how you develop resilience. You get those, you know, the feedback that sometimes stings a little bit. It's recognizing, hey, this is something I can work on and I can move forward and go through this. And that actually models the way forward for your team to be more resilient and feel forward and, uh, you know, in the same way. So. Mm. Fantastic. Continuous improvement is absolutely essential, isn't it? So uh, fantastic answers, panellists. Thank you so much. And Adriana, can we take our final question for today, please? Of course. Our final question is another live question from Jenny. And she wants to know, I presume in large companies or companies that recognize the value, this can be a specific role. Have you all worked as dedicated change managers or leaders? What a fantastic question, Jenny. Thank you so much. Do you know what? I think we're going to work our way around the panel for this question, if you're all okay with that. So we'll start with Robert and then Laurie. Sure. Um, so yes, I believe in larger companies where generally roles are more narrow. Smaller companies, you, you're more prone to wearing many hats. Larger companies, you will wear fewer hats on average, I believe. I have worked as a dedicated change manager when, at my previous employer, a team of a dozen change managers were all laid off. At the time, I was mid-project. I had my, I was serving as project manager. My change manager disappeared. I inherited his work. So I joked that instead of the Lexus of change management, I became the Toyota, with all due respect to Toyota owners. Uh, so, um, I think a lot of us, um, can accidentally weave or find ourselves, um, in this change leader, um, change manager. And I, I don't mean to, you know, blur the lines there too much. Um, but I think oftentimes serving in a role formally or with the title can be somewhat accidental. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we will go to uh, Laurie next, please. Uh, yeah, great question, Jenny. And, and I do agree that in particular, the large companies, the value is, is recognised and it, uh, it becomes a specific role. With um, And that's continuing to increase as the level of change and the level of complexity of some of the challenges that we're dealing with uh, continues to increase. So for me, I've never actually worked in a, as a change manager per se, but I was on a mega project involving a very large, um, uh, complex change initiative that very much had a very strong change ma management element. And I was very fortunate that at the exact same time this, uh, this, this project was happening, there was also a culture change initiative within the organisation that was led by organisational psychologists in the HR department. So I became the change champion for our program, for the broader culture change initiative. And it was uh, yeah, one of the most, most extraordinary experiences of my career. So the amount I picked up and our ability to transform systems, processes and people was you know, far greater than anything that I'd experienced ever, ever before. So certainly haven't been a change manager, have been a change champion, 
and been very fortunate to learn from some people who were some very skillful change leaders who really enabled our project to go through much more leanly and much more effectively than it would have otherwise. Perfect. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Laurie. And Bev? Um, definitely. That's um, been my bread and butter for, for quite a period of time. Um, and I've worked on anything from, from what's perceived as uh, simple, easy change, which quite often is the opposite, uh, through to very complex transformation programs, mergers and acquisitions, um, and anything and everything in between. Um, and what I can say is that it really does depend on the organisation. Yes, bigger organisations might have more of a budgeting and, and more of awareness potentially of uh why they the importance of change and why they might need dedicated change focused resources um, not always strictly true and um, noticed that when money gets tight quite often the change or the training elements within um, projects particularly get get shut down um, and with projects you quite often see that the the product is delivered into the organization you know the go the whole big go live and and then the project moves into its uh, transition out and quite often the change um, resources are transitioned out at the same time. But as we know, change actually occurs um, when people are then asked to actually adopt that change. That's when change occurs. So, um, uh, but not big, not all big organisations actually have changed people in there because it really does come down to the maturity of the senior leadership and to what their expectations are. So if you're looking for change roles, um, you, they can be called, called lots of things. In organisations, um, the main thing is to ask what's expected. What are you What are you delivering? What's your outcomes? And what attributes do you need to be successful in the role? Um, and go from there. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Bev and Mark. I'll take a hard look at the question uh, from Jenny, uh, where she states it's it's something just for large companies. I'm thinking she's thinking of uh, change managers. Um, but if I go back to the uh, show, the, the title of our show today, change leaders, I think, uh, I mean, and I need it in every size of every company. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, something that only large companies need. Um, but again, that's an academic answer. Um, if I'm looking at, you know, going uh, back in my career as far as being a leader, change leader, um, Having been involved in many cultural changes, you know, being the one that empowers, educates, uh, earns the trust of people, uh, that, that to me is as in and the most rewarding that comes from this. Uh, and when you see people pick up on that energy and pick up on the, those uh, new ways of uh, thinking, acting, uh, that to me is something that any leader should take on. And it's not just for large companies. Thank you so much, Mark. That was a great answer. Thank you. Natalia? Yes, to answer and share my experience, yes, as a transformational leader, I have been involved in uh, also global transformation projects uh, uh, as a change management consultant. And uh, I have contributed also, had an opportunity to contribute to delivery of an effective uh, transformation initiatives. And yes, large organizations, uh, from my experience, do appreciate and this role and value this role as uh, um, different um, uh, stakeholders and different contributors to the project. They have their specific skills, uh, often technical skills, and communication skills are also one key attribute of an effective change leader. And if you have those, if you are well aware how to use uh, communication tools, approaches, and adapt them for, for effective delivery, certainly that that is a specific role. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a full-time role in the project, uh, especially a big one in the company. Uh, and therefore, uh, it, it plays an important role and valued by organizations. That's my experience. Thank you so much. That was a great insight. And Jessica, would you like to finish this question for me? Sure. And I'm going to answer Jenny's question backwards by starting with, yes, I have been a change manager uh, more than a decade ago. I was hired into an organization to do change management specifically. And then I stayed in that organization, went into many different roles and used my change management skills in those roles. Now, as a change management consultant, having worked with many large billion dollar companies, I can say that 
it really does come down to value and not necessarily resources. So Bev mentioned the maturity of the leaders in the organization, and I will reinforce that message. Um, yes, large companies may have the ability to hire and retain a full-time change management person or invest in training change leaders across the organization, but whether or not change management, change leadership is embraced and becomes part of the ways of operating, the cultural norms really depends on the uh, the executives, the leaders, the the managers, and the individuals within within that company. So um, it's it's diverse opportunity. I'll say that <laughs> to be a change leader. Thank you so much. They were great answers, panel, and it was wonderful to hear your experience as change managers and leaders. Um, so shall we move over to our final remarks? We'll start with Robert, and we'll just go round. And uh, yeah, if we'll start with you, Robert. My favorite definition of change, change leadership, is from uh, a family member uh, of the, the, the company Motorola. His name was Chris Galvin. And his definition of change leadership for us was taking a person from point A to point B for their benefit, where otherwise they might not have gone. And so I, I love the... Um, the ambiguity, the delicious ambiguity in the title of today uh, about change leadership. And I admire my fellow panelists for the diverse ways we interpreted different directions we went. And I, I think it's one of the most exciting places to be in a company, in a, in a team, in an ensemble. And so I hope our, our audience um, appreciates and aspires to being who their teams need them to be, uh, servant leaders and, and uh, relishing each opportunity they have to bring teams, companies, and customers uh, to a better place. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And Laurie? Uh, thank you again. And thank you, fellow panelists. I learned so much uh, from you all. And thank you, uh, viewers, for your, your excellent, uh, excellent questions. Um, but for me, there's um, no better topic to talk about, really. You look at some of the challenges we're dealing with on a global scale, let alone individual projects, the, the level of change that's happening around the world, the proliferation of technology, some of the climate challenges, some of the, the conflicts that are bubbling up. There's never, never been a better time to become more capable, more adept at dealing with change and, and supporting people to navigate through that change. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about such an important topic. And thank you for coming on the show, Laurie. It's always so wonderful to have you here. And Bev, if we could have your closing remarks, please. Sure. Um, I concur. I, I think it's been a lovely session and I think it's one that we could probably talk many times over. Um, I think my passing, my, my final remarks are really around, um, you know, how do you become a change leader? And I thought I'd just give you some of my insights of, of some simple things that you can do, regardless of what your role and position is in an organisation and your aspirations. But um, step up. You know, own where you want to go and, and have a little bit of confidence and, and look for those opportunities where you can proactively within your own skill and not not um, not put yourself out too far out of the comfort zone, but step up and step into something where you can actually start to demonstrate some of your own skill. Um, Energise others, you know, that energy and power and, and um, um, it, it just creates a really great vibe and, and people will naturally... Um, um, look for and, and engage with with energy. Um, remember that we're humans and humans like to connect. So um, look at how you can connect with others and keep connected with people. Those little things around, I just want to check in, um, that, that just shows natural leadership and care. Um, and my last comment is that leader, leadership is around you're serving, you're serving others and you're assisting others to grow. You grow yourself through those interactions but um you know just have that little bit of a uh, I'm, I'm serving someone i don't expect anything from it except for the intrinsic joy of seeing someone actually grow into their potential thank you that was so lovely bev thank you great answers um and mark thank you shanice uh great great questions by the way adriana thank you for uh presenting those to us and uh, wonderful answers. I think another a very informational episode. 
worthwhile uh, looking at it and uh, watching it again and again. Um, since we all know change is a constant, I'd like to um, uh, mention a, a very short quote from Jack Welch, who once said, change before you have to. Wonderful quote, Mark. Thank you so much. And it's always so wonderful to have you on the show. So thank you. Uh, Natalia? Yes, thank you. And uh, really to add to Mark's uh, uh, quote from Jack Welch, yes, uh, uh, it's really change begins within you. So we need to be proactive, curious, identifying what, what's next. And really uh, with the right mindset and tools, we can make that lasting impact. So I really uh, want to remind audience that uh, to just go out there, lead with purpose, be the change you want to see in the world and keep inspiring, keep innovating and keep leading the way, uh, leading by example. And uh, that would make you stay, continuously stay motivated and, and resilient and keep, keep leading the change. Thank you for this discussion. It was a privilege to share experience and also learn valuable insights from the fellow panelists. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been so lovely to have you here and your insights. Thank you. And Jessica. Yes, thank you um, very much for having me on the panel. Thank you to the other panelists and APMG for hosting this really important conversation. I'll just leave it with one question. You know, when you think about what it, does it mean to be an effective change leader, ask yourself, am I the type of leader that I would want to follow? And maybe that's your, your North Star, your starting point for you know, where you need to go and what skills you need to further develop and enhance and, and let that take you, you know, on your, on your own personal change journey. So. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's been lovely having you on the show today. And Adriana, what a, what a great show, eh? How did, um, how did you think today went? I think it was amazing. I agree with Mart. We had such amazing questions and even better answers from all of our panelists. Me personally, I have learned a lot listening to all of you. So I hope the audience also learned a lot. Thank you so much. And I'd like to thank you, our producers, for your excellent questions today. Great job. And watch out for your name in the credits. And don't forget that you can listen to the audio versions of the show on your preferred podcast platform. Um, we have some great shows coming up in the next couple of days. On Monday, the 30th of October, we will be looking at how to build engagement with stakeholders and on Wednesday, the 1st of November at four o'clock BST, validated research findings on the Hoth Double Method, which is a webinar. And Friday, the 3rd of November at two o'clock, we will be looking at how to become a project manager. So thank you for tuning into the show and we will see you soon. <laughs>